Hello, my friends, and welcome to Just Talk. I am your very excited conversationist, Prophetess Diana, and I am so excited to have another opportunity to share with you. Hello from wherever you're listening from. Thank you for tuning in to Just Talk. As always, I cannot begin our conversation without encouraging you to subscribe to this podcast. Will you subscribe wherever you're listening from? I ask that you subscribe. And I also ask if you are active on social media, will you do me a favor and share this podcast link with your followers? Share, share, share with your family, your friends, and your followers. I am just so excited about what God is doing. I'm excited about the fact that you're tuning in and that I get the opportunity to help fuel your faith so that you will continue to move forward. The just shall live by faith. Yes, yes, yes. Are you living by faith? Where are you right now? Where are you in your heart, your mind, your thought, your conversations? Well, listen, I want to give you an opportunity. God wants to give you an opportunity to get in faith. Pull it in in faith. Come on, maybe you've been having some stinking thinking. Maybe your conversations have been a little corrupt. (laughs) Maybe you haven't been saying or um, um, declaring or even living the way that you should. Well, God is a God of love. He's a God of mercy. He's a God of grace. And thanks be to God, he gives us an opportunity with brand new mercies and with his goodness to uh, repent to refocus, to align ourselves in his will. And he just gives us another, not a second. He's a God that's always giving us another chance and he's ready to move forward with us always. And so wherever you are, I wanna encourage you now, before we get into our conversation, get in faith, faith, faith faith. It's all about faith. It's not about what you can figure out. It's not about what you can see, sense, hear, or smell. It's about faith, believing the word of the Lord at all times, at all times, that every man be a lie and God be the truth, that you remain in faith at all times times. And so I want to encourage you, get in faith, get in faith. There's no other way for the just to live. We shall live by faith. And since we are living by faith, we're talking by faith. So I'm ready to get into today's conversation and maximize this time that I have uh, with you. And I want to share uh, just a few words in your hearing for such a time as this. Are you ready for today's conversation? Sure you are. Sure you are because you've tuned in. And so am I. Let's talk. Well, I want to talk about something that uh, can be an uncomfortable conversation for some. For some, it's a very natural conversation or uh, um, should I say something that's very common. Um, Each individual, we find ourselves in a different place with this topic. 
we handle this topic in so many different ways. Some of us are in touch uh, with our feelings in this way and some of us are not. Some of us are vulnerable in this way and some of us are not. Um, I want to read to you uh, from John, John 11, 33 and 5. As we begin our conversation, I'm going to start off with the scripture. John 11, 33 and 35. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Well, those short, powerful words in John eleven thirty five. short, powerful words, short, yet a complete sentence are two very powerful words put together that I want us to stop and consider today. Jesus wept. Jesus wept, short, yet powerful, but a complete sentence. A complete sentence that's detailing a very necessary response to sorrow. A very necessary uh, uh, response to what his heart was feeling at that time. Jesus, in an empathetic moment, he's uh, surrounded by and he's looking upon the pain of others. And Jesus, our Savior, he shares in that moment their weeping. The Bible says he looks and he sees them weeping. He sees them filled with sorrow. And he too weeps. Jesus wept. He's looking upon their pain and such a beautiful thing to see that he shared. He, he didn't just watch them cry. He cried too. He cried along with the crowd. The Bible, it does not inform us of how long Jesus wept. It doesn't give us uh, 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 the duration of time. We don't know how long he wept, but it informs us of the most important part, and it's the fact that he did. Jesus wept. Today, I want to talk to you about the crying period. The crying period. Ecclesiastes uh, 3 and 1 says, To everything there is a season, and a time to every purpose under the heaven. It goes on to say a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to rend and a time to sow. A time to silence and a time to speak. 
a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. In life, it's very necessary to have a crying period. There's a period of time to cry that is indeed very necessary for you and for me. It's important to give yourself permission and room to cry. Like, are you okay with crying? How do you feel when you feel yourself about to cry? When you're genuinely hurt or you're genuinely disturbed or affected or offended, how does crying make you feel? It's important that your emotions and that your heart knows that it's okay to make room for this time because to everything, there's a season and a time. It's okay to grieve and to be hurt, to release with tears the expression of pain and sorrow. It's okay. And I realize that um, maybe by, you know, culture or, um, you know, environment, the way we grew up, you know, that everybody didn't come up knowing or maybe you weren't taught that it was okay to cry. Some people were taught that you just don't do it. Um, some by learned behavior because um, they don't like to feel so vulnerable or because of other people's response to your tears or what have you. So um, as it relates to our expression of hurt or pain or sorrow uh, through crying, I realize that uh, individually, of course, we're all different and we all have a different understanding um, and a different uh, uh, piece or even perspective as it relates to when you should cry, how you should cry, if you should cry. But it's important that you realize, again, as the scripture says, that there is a time to cry. There is a time that with tears you release the hurtful issues of your heart. There is a crying time. And it's okay for you to take yours. Some of you that are listening probably need right now to know it's okay to cry. You've been allowing it to build up in your chest and uh, you're probably acting it out in different ways if you're not comfortable with crying. But you need to give yourself permission today to understand, even according to the Word of God, that there is, in fact, a time to cry. As I said, we're talking about the crying period. Just as there is a time to cry, there is a time when crying does come to an end. There is a time when uh, crying should come to an end. Jesus wept, but he did not stay there. But we cannot avoid or erase the fact that he did weep and that it was necessary. It was necessary because the scripture lets us know that it happened and it was necessary. <laughs> but he did not stay there. He did not stay there and he didn't fear staying there. Uh, uh, the fear, or should I say, the fear of staying there didn't cause him to avoid it. He cried because it was necessary. He cried because he needed to. He cried because he was hurting. He cried because his heart 
was in pain. He cried, but he did not stay there. The crying period. There's a time to cry and there's a time that crying comes to an end. There's a time that when behind our weeping, we put a period. There's a time that we give crying a period, as in a time, and it comes a time that then we put a period behind our cry. It's important that you know when and how and that it's okay to do both. Jesus, even with knowing that there was going to be a victorious end, because see, we cannot overlook the fact that even before he had gotten there, he had already said that the sickness was not unto death. He had already said that this was to bring glory to God. So even with knowing that there was going to be a victorious end, knowing that he was there to put sorrow to an end, he still shared in that moment. He gave room to pain. He gave room to the natural response to a hurting heart. There was a time that crying had room and there was a time that crying came to an end, but crying had space. Crying had its time period that it was necessary and it was okay. I mean, when I read this verse, I just see that Jesus teaches us so much. It's a very short yet very relevant verse. And we can see so much in just two words. Jesus wept, period, period. We don't know how long it lasted, but he wept. In this, first I see that he teaches us the importance of empathy, the ability to understand and share the feelings of another. He shares with us a picture of what Psalm 34 and 18 looks like, that he's near to the brokenhearted. He looks at them and he sees that they're crying. He sees their hurt. He sees their tears. He looks around and he sees that he's surrounded by people who are mourning. And in that moment, Jesus wept. He's near. I'd encourage you right now to wherever you are and if you're in a place where you feel hurt, if you feel sorrow, if you feel sadness, to know that he's near. 2020 has brought about many challenges. Many people have gone on, transitioned, tragedies. Everything has not been just about COVID, though it has, of course, definitely been a, 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 a focal point of the, the year. But there's been many tragedies and, and sorrows and pains that were un-COVID related. Many, 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 many of us have seen many changes, gone through many storms, many trials. You've had people come and go out of your life, some by way of, of death, and some people who are yet still living, yet they've left your life. Many have uh, lost things and people that they came into the year with, that when you look around today, for one reason or another, it or they have changed or aren't there. Undoubtedly, there's someone that's listening right now and 2020 has gripped your heart in such a way. 
And perhaps it's been so many things or maybe just one thing, one big blow, regardless of, of, of what your details are. I feel the need to let you know that a crying period is necessary. We've taught ourselves that, uh, you know, I got to keep going. For some reason, we feel that um, uh, to move forward in faith, it should be absent of tears, absent of weakness, absent of being vulnerable. It's not the case at all so unrealistic to think that that's what faith requires of us. Faith requires us to know that it's in our weakness that he's strong. Faith requires us to know that it's okay to lay right in, 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 in the bosom of Christ, being vulnerable, being broken, always open to our need of him not just as a savior to keep us from hell, but to be our sufficiency, our help in this life that gets overwhelming sometimes. In this life where we experience things that we never thought we'd experience, that we go through things that we never expected to go through, that we couldn't have dreamt it up <laughs> if we tried that we things and days that we never saw coming people leaving that we thought for sure they would always be there oh god there's a song that says what a difference a day makes many of us have seen just the power of a difference <laughs> that a day can make that a moment can make that 2020 has made for many across nations it's okay to have a crying period. Some of you, again, today, right now, you probably just need to exhale. Exhale knowing that in your weakness, your weakness is not gonna cause you to collapse. Your weakness is not gonna cause you to sink. Your weakness is not gonna cause you to go under. And sometimes we fear just where we'll end up if we allow ourselves to be weak. But those of us who are in Christ, faith, faith gives us to understand that we end up right where Christ wants us to be because it's in our weakness that he takes his rest upon us. He's near to us, he's right there in that moment. He's right there with you right now. Whether you're feeling uh, a great joy or great sorrow, he's near, he's with you. But to the brokenhearted, he's near, he's near. John eleven thirty three. it told us here, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. He was moved and he was troubled. He was moved and he was troubled. He's concerned about what concerns us. It was in that moment that he shared a time to cry. He wept with those who wept. The Bible tells us to rejoice with those that rejoice and weep with those who weep. He could have taken his, 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 his ability and his divinity and his knowledge and told them, hey, stop, no need to do that. And, you know, and, and, and felt as if he needed to be an encourager. 
it was okay to be empathetic in that moment. Sometimes we need to understand that. That we don't always have to uh, find the words to pull somebody from a moment. Sometimes it's necessary that we yield and that we share in the moment with them. That we just yield and if they're mourning, that we allow empathy to lead us into mourning with those who mourn. That if they're weak, that we allow, allow the Spirit to teach us empathy, to know how to sit in the moment when somebody just needs a presence of, of another to just sit in the moment and not try to pull them out or guide them out or tell them this, that, and the other. You know, there's a time for all things. And it's okay to be empathetic. It's okay to sit in the moment sometimes with someone else. Jesus, he sits in the moment for at least a period of time. The Bible says that the Jews saw his tears and they said, see how he loved Lazarus. He did. He did love Lazarus. But I believe Jesus' tears were not only shed for his love of Lazarus, but also for his love for mankind, his love for everyone else around him whom he loved, his love and his concern and his empathy and his sensitivity to the sorrows of others, his love and his concern for everyone who were around him that were hurting. I believe he also wept over what troubled him as the Bible says. But it wasn't just what, it wasn't just his own pain. It wasn't just his own sorrow. He was sharing and he sh he's near to the brokenhearted. He was sharing in the sorrows of others. Death and pain, sickness, they weren't a part of the original plan and we understand that through the word of God. And God, he, he doesn't like the suffering of those who he loved. Many people have wrong thinking and I'm not quite sure where we got this ideology from that Jesus inflicts so much pain and death and destruction, you know, to wake us up or get our attention or punish us in that light. The, 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 the scripture is, is, is clear. The scripture is clear that what Jesus did and what Jesus satisfied and what the cross recovered and what the cross made new. And I won't get into all of that today because that's a conversation all in itself. But death and pain and sickness, they break the heart of God. He did not desire us to go through so many sorrows, so much pain. And so Jesus wept, he cried because it was time to cry, it was necessary to cry. Peace, the perfect peace of God is his will for us. And those people at that time were not in peace. It isn't his will for our peace to be disturbed. He doesn't like, he needs you to know right now that he's not getting a thrill out of your peace being disturbed. He's not trying to prove something to you or uh, punish you by your peace being disturbed. It's not his will.
for our peace to be disturbed. It was so important to him that we live in peace. Even though we're in this world where we have trouble, and the scripture tells us, and he says that I've told you these things because I know that there's going to be trouble and trouble is coming. But I told you this so that even though you're going to be faced with trouble, even though you're going to find yourself in the middle of trouble, he says, I want you to have peace in me. It's my desire that in me, in any condition in life, and you're going to find yourself in some detailed situations that it's troubling and that your peace is being disturbed. He says, but I have given you a truth. I'm sharing with you a revelation so that when situations come to rob you of your peace, that in me, you can remain in it. That peace will sustain you because peace for you and I is the very will of God. Yes, it is his will that you are at peace. It's, 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 it was so important to him, he left it for us. He says, I'm leaving, but I'm leaving peace, a peace that will remain. He wills for us to be found in that peace by faith in what has been revealed to us through his word and by his spirit. Peace is the will of God for your life. Let me let that be known today, that it is his will that you be at peace. Peace. And that if there's something in your life right now that's disturbing your peace, cast it upon a God who cares for you and who's near to you, very concerned about everything that concerns you so that you may have peace in him. He's near to what you're feeling. And he proved to us in this scripture that he could feel and he had feelings because he wept. Again, not only did he weep with those who he loved, he wept for Lazarus, whom he loved. He wept for his friend. His humanity responded apart from his divine knowledge. He knew he was coming to raise him up. He knew that God was about to give glory, but he wept. Just as we weep over the loss of loved ones, he wept. He yielded to the time, the time which was necessary for him to weep. It's okay. Again, we don't know how long, but we do know that he did. We know that he yielded to the time to cry. We all have different personalities, like I mentioned at the beginning. Some are criers, look, you cry at the drop of a dime. It, listen, for me, it doesn't take me much. It doesn't take me much, and I'll share this, that Growing up, and I think I have still have a little bit of this in me, but I, I'm, 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 a, I'm a little more okay than I was uh, growing up. Growing up, I was so very, very sensitive, very sensitive um, and beyond my own comfort. And I would cry about things that were very unnecessary to cry about, or I felt that they were, you know, like even in, in my head, it was like, you ain't got to be crying about this now. And I wanted to turn that part of me off that was just so sensitive. And so because I think I feared the response of people and I feared um, 
uh, even, you know, what it would say about me and, and even my own thoughts, my own, uh, you know, unkind thoughts of, of myself in those moments because it produced a fear, I think. Um, where there's fear, there'll be anger. Where there's anger, there'll be fear. And so I switched it. And when I would find myself about to cry, I either would shut down, you know, or go shut away or become very angry, very angry or uh, act out with, you know, being very mouthy or an attitude or very abrupt. And it was just to defend myself um, against the sensitive part of me or, you know, the, the place in me that could easily cry. And so I didn't feel comfortable, you know, because I, I did, I would, it just happened too easily, easily. And growing up and especially, you know, you go through certain stages in school and, you know, crying is going to be completely off limits. You're not doing that around people and friends. And so you have to be careful. And so I trained myself how to turn it off. And I did it with an ad. I did it by exchanging that sensitive part for anger or an attitude. I made an exchange so when I felt myself about to become vulnerable or weak, then I uh, uh, combated that again with an attitude or you know a, a, a negative response so that the sensitive response uh, would die, if you will. <laughs> that the, and so many people and we have diff many different ways of responding to tears. And tears have been taken so often, you know, in the wrong way to where um, they're almost a threat, a threat in so many different ways. And they're judged in so many different ways. And uh, it, we have been so unkind to the presence of tears and so judgmental to the presence of tears. And so with that being said, as I said, some of us are criers and we're very well in touch with crying. And many of you might cry all the time at this point. Yes, it's very easy for me to cry. And I, you know, I've learned that it's okay. So I had to allow God to, you know, heal me in that area. And I had to give God, uh, first of all, I had to allow him to reveal to me how the change that it made in me and where my attitude or abrupt um, comments and different things like that, anger, anger, he had to reveal to me the root of what looked like anger and how I could get so um, hostile so easily um, because that was never my heart and I, I'm not that person and was never that person. But again, it, was birth out of wanting to hide my sensitivity because I didn't like to feel that vulnerable or look that weak. So we all have a different way and definition of the way that we handle tears. How do you handle your tears? Like, do they have permission to flow? How do you feel? You know, do you, do, do you judge yourself after you've cried? 
Do you beat yourself up because you've cried? Do do you allow it, you know, uh, the enemy to talk to you about how you look and you know whether or not you looked weak or you know, how are you when it comes to crying? There should always be in life a welcomed crying period. And crying has its place. It has uh, uh, its time where it's very necessary and it's okay. Now, I'm not sure how you even feel about talking about how to cry. Some of you may say, look, that's just something I just don't do. And I'm not trying to force a cry out of you. <laughs> but today's conversation is to let you know that it's okay and that it's necessary and that in that moment that you need to and in that time that you are, today's conversation is also to let you know that you're not alone, that God is near to you. He's near to you in your sorrow. He's near to you in your pain. He's near to you in your grief. And it's okay. It's both necessary and okay to cry, at least sometimes. Just as there is an appointed purpose time to cry, there is a time that behind our tears, we place a period and move forward. A time that we, we, we go on and the tears dry up and we receive the strength of God for a new day. We receive the strength of God to move beyond a break. We receive the strength of God to move beyond sorrow. We receive the strength of God to move beyond grief. There's a time to move forward as well. A time to, to experience the laughter and happiness because everything has a time. There's a time that God's strength comes in and yes, it just wipes tears from our eyes. A time that seasons change. A time that we move from grieving to glory. We give crying its period, a period of time to cry. And we give crying the period that brings such a time to an end. It's important that you know how well to handle the crying period. May the Spirit of God make known to you and teach you how to respond to the time of both. You don't have to jump to, to, to getting beyond or solving the problem. It's okay to give sorrow its moment. It's okay to just yield to pain for a moment, to let your heart break, it's okay. Even with knowing that Lazarus would be raised for the glory of God, we cannot overlook that. He knew, but Jesus gave sorrow its time. Crying doesn't always mean that you are hopeless or weak. Crying doesn't always mean that you don't know better days are coming. Crying doesn't always mean that you don't know God is good. Crying doesn't always mean that you don't trust God or have faith. Crying is simply a natural, necessary release of the voice of your heart. Give your heart its voice. Don't fear the crying period, the time in which 
Crying is necessary. Don't fear the time. It's necessary to let the tears just flow. And don't reject the hand of God that will always come with one hand to wipe your tears away and with the other to place his period behind such a season. Because to everything, there is a time and a season. We're not meant to stay in any place always. May you remain aware and sensitive to your crying, period. The time to let the tears flow and the time that the strength of God brings them to an end. It's a natural, necessary part of life. So cry if you must. It won't last always. Glory will come. Be kind to your crying, period. Grace and peace be unto you. And this is How the Just Talk. God bless.